Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. And welcome back to Film School here on KUCI 88.9 FM. Kiriakos Papadopoulos is the uh, is a 41-year-old local captain of the Greek Coast Guard. He has wo- two wonderful daughters, Vivi and Melissa, and before the refugee crisis exploded in 2014, he had a normal life. Lesbos is a small peaceful island and is uh, and his job involved routine border patrols. But like the rest of his crew and like the rest of Europe, um, suddenly things changed in 2014, 2015. And now we find the captain often disobeying orders. And despite rough weather, he continues to go out and look for refugees who are fleeing the terror that is occurring in the Middle East. Uh, it is This is called 4.1 Miles. It is a remarkable documentary. Uh, it is about as cinema verite in, in regard to the, the subject as you will find. It is heart, it's heartbreaking to see what uh, this uh, director by the name of ne- Daphne Matsuyaki has done. This is wonderful, wonderful work, and I look forward to our conversation here to talk to her about this wonderful film called 4.1 Miles. Daphne Matsuyaki, thank you so much for being here on Film School. You're welcome. To Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> you're you're so welcome. Uh, I, uh, I I will tell you right up front. I'm going to you know kind of confessional. The first uh, the first incident of uh, of uh, Kirikos um, rescue just I I cried. I, I it's, it's this is kind of film that honestly, if you're you're not moved by the plight of these people, watching these people struggle. It's it is uh, it's heartbreaking to watch what he's and it's heroic what he's doing, but it's heartbreaking to watch. Tell me a little bit about how you got to know uh, the captain here um, and how you found yourself in this uh, situation to be able to, to to document what's going on. Yeah, I uh, I'm originally from Greece, mm-hmm. from Athens, and I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I was. Here in the United States, when the the crisis was peaking, and obviously I couldn't help myself uh, but reading everything that was out there about the refugee crisis and watching everything that existed, and uh, it was overwhelming, and I felt uh, almost oversaturated by the coverage. On the other hand, uh, I still felt very distant uh, from 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 the whole crisis. I felt very removed, and uh, by talking to other people here, they they all uh, I, I noticed that there was a feeling of um, you know sympathy or no better empathy, mm-hmm. but that everyone felt very distant, and um, I really because I am from Greece, I was thinking that um, I couldn't quite believe or quite, couldn't quite imagine how. Um, uh, Greece would look like at this point, and how uh, these peaceful, picturesque islands that I know of from having summer holidays there um, and spending my youth there, 
uh, how would they be now? And how would the people, um, the locals be reacting? And I was very, very curious in that. And I was very curious on whether the locals, the locals were accept- accepting, helping. Yeah. How were they reacting? So um, I started researching um, and I, I found out that the uh, island, this particular island uh, that was a recipient of m- most uh, and has been the recipient of most uh, refugees, crossing, um, uh, coming from the Middle East to Turkey and then crossing um, to the Greek islands uh, to go uh, to Europe, uh, Northern Europe. So Greece and Lesbos is their first stop. Um, I found out that that the island had just only got four uh, Coast Guard boats, which were very small, and that... Um, the captains and the crews were completely uh, in, in, unprepared for any of this. The, 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 the crews don't know how to do CPR. Um, the, their lives, like you mentioned before, uh, were very peaceful and in a way very easy because it, uh, it, it was just doing border patrol and in the peaceful waters of the Aegean Sea. So I thought that being on that Coast Guard boat um, was in every way emblematic of two worlds colliding yeah. at once. Um, these, you know, peaceful, let's say, um, picturesque um, life uh, of, if I may say that, um, the easy life that we may have in Europe or uh, in the in the United States, some of us, in a way, that we would never uh, imagine that something like that would knock on our um, on our doorstep. Um, um, so, and then people coming from from war, um, these these two worlds colliding uh, in the middle of the sea. So I thought it was very um, symbolic in a way, but also very realistic in every way. Um, and I thought that would that would that would um, that would make of uh, a, a good film that would tell the story um, from yeah. the angle that I want to tell the story. Yeah. And so I thought that the, a, a captain uh, of one of these boats would be the ideal character, a person whose life completely changed. Uh, a person whose comfort zone, in a way, just um, broke. Yeah. And um, I, it took months and months for me to get access on the Coast Guard boat because um, it's, you know, um, uh, it's the same as, let's say, trying to get access on a police helicopter here in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's very bureaucratic, and it involves different levels. And they wouldn't they wouldn't give access to any filmmakers or journalists on the boat because of the dangers and because the boats are so small and they wouldn't want the crews to be in the way. Anyway, um, I tried my best for months and I did get access. And uh, through that, uh, I got introduced to uh, to Kyriakos um, over the phone because I was here in the United States when I was. Um, Doing it was in the pre-production of the film, mm-hmm. and I asked him. I remember because um, 
I was about to travel to Greece, and I asked them, Kyriakos, are there any um, boats with refugees crossing from Turkey to, to, to Lesbos still? And he said to me, um, just, just come here and see. I have no words to describe to you what's happening here. And from, from the tone of his voice, I understood the, the scale of the crisis. So uh, we put the phone down, and I did leave two days after that and, and went to the island mm-hmm. and met him in person. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's, I want to sort of an observation about this crisis. Um, it, it's, it's a story that happens. It's the kind of story that happens so often in um, American media where we hear a lot about it, but we don't get any context and so we, we think we know something. We we have this vague idea that, oh, yeah, there's a lot of refugees and, oh, you know, it's this tragedy in the Middle East and, uh, you know, all the kind. We sort of know the the uh, the, the bullet points. Uh, and but we don't because uh, I don't recall seeing more than a couple of different um, reports that really brought home anything close to what your film does. And. I, I just it's it's always it, it's unnerving because because I think there's a perception that we know all we need to know, but we no we don't, and again, we need context. We need some humanity to under in in we need to see the humanity to truly understand the magnitude of this of what's going on right now. And and I I'm so grateful. Uh, Fire at Sea was a wonderful documentary, kind of helped with that, and as well as your film, 4.1 Miles. This is what we need. And uh, do you share that perspective? Do you feel like we in the West kind of, especially America, we think we know what's going on, but we actually really don't? Is that well, fair? Is that a it's fair? It's very hard, yeah. Um, but I would not. Uh, it's very hard to, you know, point the finger to the coverage or to the journalists, the reporters. But try to do the work as uh, as best as they can in the tight deadlines that they may have, um, and it's very hard for um, for somebody who is in a safe space in their home in some Western country, let's say, um, to kind of like really feel um, what's going on. Yeah, we read about it, and then. The next moment, we'll go on with our daily lives. And I feel that's a very common thing. And it, 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 I don't want to say that it's just America. Mm-hmm. I think it's everywhere, and that's life. And we're all humans, and we can't really associate and um, understand deeply. But I feel that there, are, there, is, there are ways of um, making this happen, and I really hope. Uh, poured my heart in this film for this exact reason because um, when I went there, the things that I saw and the actual reality of the situation was so much worse than everything that I read. I really could not believe that this was going on uh, in my home country or anywhere. I've never seen anything like that. Admittedly, I have not been um, to war zones. Um, and I've never seen people uh, um, so scared, masses of people so scared, uh, just caught in the middle of life and death, right. um, just trying 
trying to leave. And I, 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 I was so shocked and so scared that I, I thought to myself, I really owe, I, I really owe it to these people. Um, I really owe it to um, both the refugees that are they're risking their lives or some of them losing their lives. Um, in a journey that should be very safe and easy, um, the distance is just 4.1 miles between Turkey and Greece. Uh, at this, uh, between Turkey and the island of uh, the Greek island of Lesbos, um, and on a speedboat, it, it would just take 10, 15, or 20 minutes, yeah. and it would take them hours and hours to, to make this crossing. And I said to myself, I really owe it. Um, I really ought to give to to do justice to the situation and tell the story exactly how it is. Mm. Um, so there is no, in a way, there is no context. In a way, in my in my film, there is no descriptions. There is no, you know, um, uh, there is no cards apart from one right at the end. Yeah. There there is no. Uh, narration. There is no interviews. It's just one uh, one day in the life of this captain, and it just shows the situation as it exactly is. Right. Well, in in a way, that is. I would just say that we know the broad outlines of this, but again, from my point of view, we just have not actually, quote unquote, experienced the the actual on the ground or in the sea, experience of watching a boat filled to capacity with women and children and and men, but obviously women and children who are terrified, who probably can't swim, who are traveling across treacherous water to get away from an absolutely horrific life of, non, of, of violence and trying so desperately to get away from all of it and the desperation in their face faces is again i mean I, I i i wept when i watched this film because when you see those women get on the sh the, the children and then followed by the women and the look in their eyes and you know just looking back at the where they came from and the sea i just it is a really a wrenching kind of thing to see and we should all know what this in some way what this experience is like for these people um, yeah. by, by the way, I just want to remind our listeners that we are speaking with Daphne Matsuraki, and she is the director of the film 4.1 Miles, and you can go to 4-P-O-I-N-T, 1 Miles, so 4 point, but that's spelled out, point is spelled, 1miles.com to find out more about the film. And uh, you can also, and I don't know if you <laughs> I guess you can watch the film uh, online as well if uh, uh how do you is that okay cuz i think the new york times yeah, yeah, yeah okay of course. no yeah, i didn't know if there was some kind of if you were if it was an itunes thing you were you were working on with it or anything like that but yeah you can go watch the film through the new york times um documentary series as well so it and watch this and um i, I guess one of the things that i want to kind of touch on is uh not only is the the situation that these people are coming from and one of the sort of in terms of how I was trying to present this issue, it is a profoundly, it is a geopolitically shattering kind of uh, a thing that's going on right now with this migration of P 
people from mostly the Middle East, some from North Africa, into Europe. It is having a profound effect on the politics of Europe and on, on the Middle East and and also this bigger issue of something like 40 to 45 million people are, is it externally um, refugees and another 20 million that are internal uh, refugees around the world now? This, the numbers are beginning to become staggering. And this is the this is the new reality of our world with climate change and violence. People are fleeing regions of the world in massive numbers. We have got to figure this out, and we've got to figure it out in a hurry. And so that's one of the wonderful things about watching 4.1 Miles is it brings it home on a visceral level. So I don't even have a question, Daphne. <laughs> I just want to make I just want to yeah, make that. Um, I, I, I will I will agree with this and. You know, um, of course, for me, the film was uh, about this particular, um, and it is about this particular um, refugee crisis and this wave of people coming primarily from Syria, trying to cross to Europe, um, fleeing war. Um, I would like to say here that um, seeing these people and talking to these people, uh, nobody, nobody wants to take their two months uh, baby or five-year-old child and put them through this um, extremely, extremely dangerous and traumatic journey without knowing where they're going, yeah. why, 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 without knowing uh, what they're going to find at the other, uh, on the other side. Uh, nobody would do that. And the reason that these people are is because they do not have another choice. They do not have another option. Um, So I think this is something very important to consider. And something else is that making this film um, was something, I think it was something, it was about something kind of like more universal and deeper, which is uh, what our role as... um, citizens and, in a way, privileged citizens that are not in a war zone, that we don't have to flee our homes, um, is in this world. And I feel that um, a little more um, understanding of um, these people and and the urgency of the situation and the fact that they do not have another choice and another option, um, and generally how do we respond and how... um, what choices do we make as citizens of this uh, world? I think it's something to consider, and for me, it really was what this film was about. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, now, I'm, in the last minute or so that I have with you, I want to talk a little bit of, about your background. Uh, I, you're a recent, fairly recent graduate of Berkeley, in my understanding, and um, tell me a little bit about your a little bit about your background as a filmmaker. I know you've done photojournalism as well, but a little bit about your yeah. background. Um, yeah, I was uh, working as a journalist uh, for um, quite a few years uh, um, in in Europe and Athens and in Africa and here in the United States, primarily as a radio journalist, to be honest, and. Um, but I always wanted to, uh, my heart was always in, in documentary filmmaking. Um, I, I really love uh, this craft. And um, I moved here 
for some personal reasons, and there, I, I returned to to graduate school at the Graduate School of Journalism at uh, UC Berkeley has an incredible um, documentary program. I think it's one of the best in the world. Um, so I was very, very lucky to attend this. Uh, my professors are uh, these legendary filmmakers like Orlando Bagwell, uh, John Els, Dan Krause. Um, so I learned from these people, and uh, I couldn't be more honored and and happy and and yeah, and lucky. Well, I, I'm sure that they're honored by the work that you have done here. This is, again, it's just a very, very moving film um, and one that I strongly recommend people check this out. Uh, 4.1 Miles is the name of the film. You can go to 4 point and spell out point one milescom And um, I don't know what your future plans are, but uh, I certainly hope that you will continue to pursue your filmmaking and uh, hope that you, uh, if you do, please let me know. I would love to have you come back on uh, film school again. So, Thank you so much. I absolutely will. Everyone can watch 4.1 Miles uh, on the New York Times Opdocs um, uh, website, webpage. Mm -hmm. uh, it's online. That's where it lives. Um, Opdocs, uh, New York Times Opdocs are an an award-winning um, documentary platform that the New York Times have, so I'm very honored to um, to have 4.1 miles there. And, of course, I will continue making films, and thank you so, so much for having me. You're welcome. Well, the film is award-winning. You're right, gold medal, the Student Academy Awards 2016, the da David L. Wolf Wolper uh, Student Documentary Award, also for this year, and then one of the what is it, 32 uh, International Documentary Association Documentary Awards. It is uh, check it out. 4.1 miles. Daphne Matsuraki, thank you again for being here on Film School. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.